All right, welcome everyone to another episode of Pocket Size Pathophys, a podcast from theparamedictute.com. Today, we are going to be discussing emphysema. Okay, as always, let's start with the definition of emphysema. Emphysema, as well as uh, another condition called chronic bronchitis, which we'll discuss in another episode, both fall under this umbrella term of chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, or COPD. So these are chronic conditions, basically meaning they're long-term, and they form some kind of obstruction to airflow through the airways of the lungs. So this is sounding a little bit like asthma, right? But there's a huge difference here. The thing with asthma is the acute exacerbations that cause the respiratory distress are completely reversible. But the lung damage that comes with COPD is permanent and oftentimes is progressive, which means it gets worse with time. So typically patients are going to experience some kind of shortness of breath on a day-to-day basis. Usually this could start in the early stages as uh, you know increased shortness of breath on exertion, so when they get up and walk around, and can potentially progress to shortness of breath even at rest, so while sitting or lying down, sometimes even requiring something like supplemental oxygen just to carry out normal day-to-day functions. In particular with emphysema, the obstruction to airflow is caused by alveolar damage and a loss of lung elasticity. So let's talk about how this comes about. The largest risk factor for emphysema is long-term cigarette smoking. Other risk factors are along similar lines, so long-term exposure to things like air pollution or workplace inhalational toxins, that kind of thing. And what happens is that long-term exposure of the lungs to these toxins means that there's a constant activation of the immune system at the side of the lungs, and in particular, activation of alveolar macrophages. That's important. Okay, so this is the business end here, okay? So macrophages, what they do is they release three things in particular that you need to remember. The first thing are reactive oxygen species. So reactive oxygen species are free radicals, and free radicals are basically dangerous byproducts of biological processes. So macrophages normally release reactive oxygen species in order to destroy foreign substances such as bacteria or other foreign things we may have inhaled. The problem here is that this is happening day to day, multiple times a day, and we have this increased or excessive amount of reactive oxygen species in the lungs, which will go on to cause damage to lung tissue. The second thing that's released from macrophages that's important are proteases. Now, any substance ending in the suffix ACE, A-S-E, is something that breaks down something else. So a protease is something that breaks down protein. Again, these are normal substances released in the body. It's just released in excess when we are constantly exposing our lungs to smoke or pollution and that kind of thing. So as you can imagine, the lung parenchyma, the lung tissue, is made up of proteins. So proteases or excessive amounts of proteases are going to cause damage to the lung tissue itself. Now, as you can imagine, this is all pretty bad, and we'll talk about the repercussions of this in a second. But the third thing that gets released by macrophages are cytokines. And cytokines are these chemicals that get released into the blood that then act as sort of an alarm trigger that calls other cells to the area in order to fight off infection or pollution or whatever. Uh, In this case, we want to talk about neutrophils. So neutrophils are another kind of immune cell. When neutrophils come to the area, they release a thing called elastase. Now, remember, ACE is something that breaks something else down. So elastase breaks down a substance called elastin. All right, so let's talk about elastin now. Elastin is a very important protein, particularly in the lungs, and it's a protein that has particularly elastic properties. See that elastic, elastin? You get it. The lung is full of elastin because we need that elastic nature to be able to aid in that passive process of expiration to allow recoil of the lung in order to help us breathe out. 
So as you can imagine, when the lung is flooded with elastase, it starts breaking down all the elastin, causing really, really bad things to happen. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about the repercussions of all of these things. Let's start with elastase. So as I mentioned, the destruction of elastin in the lungs results in a decreased elastic recoil during expiration. Remembering again that expiration is a passive process and relies on that elastic recoil in order to function properly. Expiration becomes less efficient. We're unable to completely expire the air that we inspired. This leads to gas trapping and hyperinflation of the alveoli. Now, an interesting property of alveolus is that the more it's inflated, the harder it is to continue to inflate. It's kind of like a, a limiting factor. So when we have a whole bunch of alveoli that are hyperinflated due to a lack of elastic recoil, we'll start finding it difficult to inflate them further, meaning that inspiration becomes difficult as well as expiration. On top of this, there are things called elastin tethers in the lung, which basically connect several alveoli together. And what this does is it actually provides some support to the alveolus during expiration. The actual alveolus itself doesn't have any smooth muscle, so it can't stay open on its own. And when we expire air, as soon as air rushes out of the alveolus, it kind of wants to drag the alveolus shut as it exits. Problem with that is when alveoli shut, they're very difficult to reopen again. So we have these tethers in place holding the alveoli open as we breathe out. They're made of elastin and elastase breaks down elastin. So with the loss of these elastin tethers, we suddenly have areas of the lung which are experiencing alveolar collapse or atelectasis. This makes inspiration difficult as well. So we have a situation where we have difficulty with expiration of air, but we also have increasing difficulty in inspiring air. All of this leads to shortness of breath. And this is why these individuals are short of breath all the time. Interestingly, the body does have a little bit of a defense mechanism against this. It recognizes the fact that we're having alveolar collapse and the brain causes us to slow down expiration by making people purse their lips while they're breathing out through their mouth. This is called self-peeping. Peeping stands for positive end expiratory pressure, P-E-E-P. -E -E so self-peeping is trying to slow the rate at which air leaves the lung in the hope that it can keep these alveoli open for longer. The shortness of breath and the pursed lips on expiration can often give these patients what's called a puffer appearance. Okay, and finally, we come to the damage to the lung parenchyma by the proteases, the reactive oxygen species, and the elastase. So with destruction to the lung parenchyma comes destruction to the alveoli. And when the alveoli become destroyed, these multiple little air sacs that normally inflate become one big air sac that is a bit misshapen. The problem with this is that we've suddenly lost a whole bunch of surface area that, that would be available for gas exchange normally. On top of that, we have destruction to the actual alveolar capillary gas exchange membrane, the area where gas actually transfers into our blood. Destruction of this membrane means that we have a reduced capacity to be able to actually transfer gas from the lungs into the blood, resulting in a hypoxemia. Now, the thing with emphysema is that we have hypoxia, but we actually don't get that really severe cyanosis that you would normally see with a severe hypoxia. The reason for this is there's not actually a mismatch between ventilation and perfusion. What we actually get is a reduction in ventilation capacity and also a reduction in perfusion to all the alveoli. So we have what's called a matched ventilation perfusion defect. So what this means is our ability to ventilate the lungs is just as bad as our ability to perfuse the lungs, which means that while they're both pretty bad, they're both as bad as each other. So there's no actual mismatch, which means that we have a hypoxia, but it's mild. Any kind of hypoxia, mild or otherwise, over a sustained period of time is going to cause a respiratory acidosis. And a state of acidosis has really, really poor repercussions for the body in terms of metabolism, healing, messaging between neurons, the list goes on and on. Now, a major issue is that in order to correct acidosis, usually the body tries to blow off more carbon dioxide. But with emphysema, we have an impaired ability to blow off carbon dioxide. So these things 
compound on each other and make each other worse, making the patient's condition degrade over time. Okay, so just a really quick recap to put it all together. Emphysema is a chronic obstructive airway disease that results from alveolar damage and a loss of elastic recall of the lungs. This all occurs because of long-term exposure to airway pollutants, which causes a constant triggering of macrophages over time. The damage to the lungs occurs because of the release of proteases, reactive oxygen species, and elastase. And the loss of elastic recall results from a release of elastase, which destroys elastin, which is responsible for the elasticity of the lung. All of these things create a situation where we have an impaired expiratory capacity, which means that we have an obstruction to airflow. Eventually, this will lead to an impaired inspiration as well. And a little bit of a fun fact here, emphysema patients are often referred to by all textbooks and that kind of thing as pink puffers. The reason for this is that they have a puffer appearance from the fact that they are short of breath and they are self-peeping, so they're pursing their lips. And they're pink, which means they're not cyanotic. They're not blue. All right, guys, that wraps up emphysema. You can stick that in your pocket. As always, thank you so much for listening. I hope you guys got some stuff out of it. And I'll see you guys in the next breakdown.